We are officially on the road to the fallout from All Out, and all I can say is, oh my god, what a show tonight. Ruby Soho makes her debut. Adam Cole is All Elite and is with the Elite, baby. And then, yes, long rumored, he shows up tonight. Brian Danielson is All Elite. Oh my God, Rick Uccino here, Jose G. We got a lot to cover here on the All Out Post Show on Sports Keto Wrestling. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Pumped up, Jose G. Pumped Man. up. I put, wow. I'm so glad I, I pulled out my best Brian Danielson, you know, blazer out of the out of the, the closet just in hopes that we would get to see this. I was expecting Brian Danielson. And we I got was, him. I, we got him. I was not expecting Adam Cole. No, not what that a, soon. What a great swerve. What a great. You know, way to bring him in at the end. Everybody's happy to see him. That place blew off the roof when he did the Bay Bay, and then he does the super kick to Jungle Boy, and you're like, oh, damn. He's with his buddies. We got the heel elite finally full, and then Kenny Omega says, well, I'm going to send you home happy. He didn't, but Brian Danielson did. Strap in, Jose. Strap in, boys and girls. Dude. All 219 people who are watching right now, my God, strap in. It is game on. If WWE doesn't think they had competition before tonight, you got CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole. Christian was in the main event tonight. Holy hell, man. Game on. I, I don't even know yeah. what else to say, Jose. Game effing on, my man. Yeah, bro. Game is absolutely on. AEW put on a hell of a show tonight. Every single match delivered. If I have to be nitpicky with one match, I would have to probably say Paul White and QT Marshall. Besides all of that, every single match on that card delivered. Man, if I'm going to have to pan pick from top to bottom, top five, dude, like it's so hard to pick because every single match was good. And not to mention these huge debuts. Adam Cole showing up. Daniel Bryan's uh Brian Danielson. It's gonna be hard. Up. It's gonna be hard. It's I know, I know, dude. And and the, the funny thing is he came out to the Flight of the Valkyries hip hop version remix, uh, which was very interesting because a lot of people wanted to wanted him to come down to the final countdown, which is what his theme song. But man, overall great show, man. I thought it was fantastic. We got 271 people watching right now. Sound off in the comments. Let us know. What you, what you thought got? AEW all out, man. But uh, let's let's start off, man. Let's let's talk about these matches because we had a great opening match. Miro, the God's favorite champion, the Redeemer, going up against Eddie Kingston. Hell of a banger to open up this show, Rick. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Crowd was hot for Eddie Kingston. Obviously, uh, he took a lot of punishment, a lot of punishment uh, in this match early on, but he didn't back down. This was a lot of. You know, just two dudes saying, F it, bring it, especially, you know, Eddie Kingston tonight. Um, you know, kind of a, a one little slip up there in the middle, kind of that weird chop exchange. It was almost like uh, Miro forgot to sell for a second. And Eddie was like, come on, bro, what are you doing? Uh, but, you know, they, they got it into gear. I, I wasn't a big fan of Miro having to cheat to beat Eddie Kingston. But then I remembered the redeem D's nuts line. And then, you know, that's exactly what Miro did with the low blow. He sure he, did. And then he knocks his block off and he pins him. I, I thought this was a great way to open up the show. 
Um, you know, and obviously the right call was made here. I think, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Miro needed to retain that championship tonight, but, but Eddie Kingston looked good in defeat as well. Completely agree, man. This by far is Miro's best match to date in AEW. And I also think that Eddie Kingston made Miro look like an absolute beast in that match. I can see what you're saying about, you know, Miro going for the low blow there while the referee was stopping him. Little controversy controversy there. That's okay. Uh, but I think this was a solid win for Miro. He needed it. I've been advocating for Miro for the last two months on the debrief every Wednesday night here on the SK Wrestling Channel uh, because I feel that they are disrespecting him. But tonight, they showed him the respect that he most deserves, bro. Fantastic outing and great opening match for the show. Yeah, and we, we had... Yeah, like you said, we had a lot of great matches tonight. This was a, uh, I think, the perfect one to kind of open up the show, especially considering everything else that we got uh, down the line. Uh, by the way, guys, make sure to keep getting your ch your your comments in. We're almost at three hundred people live right now. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Get your comments in. We're going to try to get them as much as possible. If you want to send us a super chat, if you want to guarantee that we're going to bring up bring up your comment, send us a super chat. Uh, Sam here says, "Can't wait for October fifteenth at James Knight Center, Miami, Florida, because I will get to see." uh aew rampage and he's gonna get uh, near ringside i'm i'm happy for you you know what man i was initially upset that i didn't get to go to this show tonight but yeah. considering that i am a cincinnati boy bay bay and cincinnati was all over this pay-per-view tonight plugging it making it feel like it was going to be a big show we knew it was going to be a sh big show because of john moxley's homecoming now he's going up against suzuki we'll get to that in a few minutes oh my but god that was so we good we're going to get probably brian danielson and adam cole and cm punk i mean my goodness this cincinnati show is shaping up to be fantastic and i cannot wait uh to be there um but yeah we got 10 matches we got to get through tonight guys we're not going to be here all night because we still got to break down all of the ramifications of everything that happened so we're going to kind of breeze through this card a bit talk about the big moments continue to get your uh your comments in especially those uh <laughs> those super chats dj eric i i am all i am all moist wanted you know I hate that word, uh, but whatever. You said this, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, thank you very, very, very much. Uh, also, don't forget our man Kev Kellum live at the scene in Chicago uh, for this event. The biggest Brian Daniel fan on the planet. I'm so happy oh, that he yeah. got to be there uh, for that. That's like me being there at SummerSlam for Becky Lynch's return. It's yes, like I wish I would have had his reaction to Daniel <laughs> Bryan coming out because I'm sure that would have been uh, would have been. Viable. I hope he taped it himself. All right, if he was. If he was as smart as everything that he knows with everything that was coming on, I'm hoping he had the phone right here in his damn face uh, ready to go. But, man, we are uh, we are just getting them absolutely loaded. Uh, SP3 uh, chiming in saying we witnessed an all-timer uh, pay-per-view. Look, Jose, Agreed. just overall speaking, you're right. You, I agree. There's no doubt. I mean, look, the, the, the Paul White QT Marshall or Marshall or whatever the hell he's calling himself these days, that was obviously just a – Okay, we just had Let's CM cool Punk down. out here. Let's cool down before we ramp it back up yep, uh, and exactly get back to the main was. event and then just blow the roof off the joint, you know? So that's what that match was. But top to bottom, I mean, there wasn't a weak point. There really wasn't. There really wasn't. Even for the second match on the card, which is usually the one of the hardest positions to be in when you are on a card, especially when you have a banger of a match to open up with with Miro and Eddie Kingston, 
Then you follow it up with John Moxley and Kojima, and they killed it in their own way, man. Like that match was absolutely hard hitting. I I thought it was great. Moxley got a solid win. And yeah. then we get Suzuki after that match. Yeah. And you know they got some bad blood in New Japan. Yes, so this was great. This was absolutely great. I, I feel like TK, good old Tony Khan, fed all the candy to all the marks tonight in Chicago. <laughs> you know what this uh, – it, it's almost like – Moxley loses the AEW championship, right? And they're like, okay, what do you want to do? Who do you want to feud with? And he basically said, Japan. All yes, of effing all Japan. Japan. I can't take credit for that. Somebody else tweeted that out earlier tonight, and I, I wish I remember who it was. Uh, but uh, as uh, Josh chimes in, hell, yeah, bro, I'm going in Cincinnati. I will be there for sure. Uh, TJ chiming in as well. I missed it. Oh my God, all the comments are coming in so fast. TJ saying the American Dragon is all elite. Hell yes, he is. And I hope he is there on Wednesday. How could they not follow up uh, with that? But you know what this matchup with Moxley and, and Kojima really was? This was nothing more than a who's the tougher some bitch match. That is exactly what this was. The exchanges, the forearms, the punches, the just these two dudes beat the holy hell out of each other. Mox had to hit two paradigm shifts uh, to get the win in this matchup. It was almost like he hit dirty deeds and then hit the paradigm shift. He did. Uh, he did, did that. That's exactly what it was. And then, yeah, Suzuki shows up and Mox's facial expressions just sell everything there. It's like he's seen a ghost of his past, which is, you know, this is exactly what it is. I don't know a whole lot about New Japan. There's only, there's so much wrestling. There's only so much time I have to actually watch and everything. So, New Japan it does not hit my TV very often, but even I know, you know, who Suzuki is, and I know these two have had battles in the past, and and uh, Jose, I'm sure you could talk more about this, what we're going to see on, on Wednesday on the fallout for All Out. Oh, this is going to be something amazing. I mean, this, this feud's been going back for a few years now since, uh, since he made his debut over there in Japan a few years ago in 2019, he's had a solid uh, feud with Suzuki. And I think this is something going to be fresh for the AEW eyes. Uh, Tony Khan utilizing that forbidden door, the professional wrestling multiverse yep. as, or the converse as like you'd like to call it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to adopt it for tonight because we're talking about uh, the company. Uh, but you know, I think this is great. This is great for business, dude. Uh, and not only that, but this is going to put more eyes on Japan because if you notice, just like you mentioned, Moxie is taking on on all these Japan contenders. Yeah. And if that's the route they're going to do, then this is going to put more eyes on that product. But overall, man, that was a badass match. Dude, I'm getting texts in from people who I, I haven't talked to in weeks telling me what an effing unbelievable pay-per-view this is like that's that's where we're at right now i got people blowing up my phone people are blowing up the listen, chat this was, listen, a whole, this was a grand slam it really was it really was and, and and i think i can speak for a lot of the wrestling fans uh that have been watching wrestling for over 20 years that watch tonight's pay-per-view tonight's pay-per-view has changed the entire landscape for professional wrestling period that's what tonight did. We had Punk come from seven years, retirement, coming back into the ring, making an impressive showing against Darby Allen, which I thought was a really good match. We had Adam Cole. We had uh, Brian Danielson. Dude, it was, it's like too much. Like, oh, I got a text with the gift. That, that guy just explodes from excitement. That's like every single mark right now. 
Yeah, we got the legend Dutch Mantel chiming in, watching us here. So even he loved uh, the pay-per-view tonight, and he doesn't like a damn thing about today's professional wrestling business. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely uh, incredible. And a great weekend, by the way, for John Moxley, just wrapping up here. Not only does he claim the GCW title from Matt Cardona uh, on Saturday, he comes out, has a bang. That's what that, that's who John Moxley is right now. He doesn't give an F. He is living his best life. Wins the GCW world title on Saturday. Comes in here, uh, beats uh, uh, Kojima tonight. And now on Wednesday, he gets Suzuki in another rematch in his hometown in the Nasty Natty. He's going to come in. He's going to eat some Skyline Chili. He's going to go off of uh, Beachmont Avenue, check out his childhood home. He's also going to talk with me on Tuesday for ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Uh, keep an eye on my uh, Twitter feed at there, right at Rick Uchino uh, for uh, anything and everything that I got going on in the city of Cincinnati this week. Uh, big time things coming up. Cincinnati is going to be the, the center of the wrestling world this week. And I can't remember if I've ever said that before in my entire lifetime. So I'm genuinely it's, it's excited. Hard. We get we get those you know we get those events in Florida quite often over here. So I, I can only imagine the amount of excitement that you have to retain right now to keep a professional during this live stream. <laughs> Dude, the the last time Cincinnati had a pay per view was Cyber Sunday 2006. <laughs> Booker T was still the world heavyweight champion. All right, he was in the main event, I think, against Big Show and maybe somebody else. So, I mean, Big Show's still wrestling, so, I mean, there's that. But this feels like a pay-per-view that we got coming up on Wednesday in Cincinnati. And AEW does a fantastic job of making their Dynamites feel big. This feels like the biggest Dynamite in the history of AEW, and it's coming up in Cincinnati. And I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Uh, one thing Cincinnatians hate is the city of Pittsburgh. So let's just transition there <laughs> to the queen of Pittsburgh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Her and Chris Statlander, to me, it, it, it's hard to beat this as the match of the night. I know, you know, we're going to talk about the cage match with, you know, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers and, you know, Christian and Omega had a, had a great one. And we'll talk about Punk and Darby Allen. This was one of the best women's matches. Screw that. This was one of the best matches that I've seen all year. Britt Baker and Chris Statlander stole the damn show early on in the night. I could not rave more about this match, Jose. What did you think about this one? I thought this match was really good. There was a lot of great storytelling in it. Um, overall, man, I thought that Britt Baker absolutely killed it. You can just see how over she is with the, with the crowd. And Chris Statlander actually did a really good job to have their, you know, her undefeated record be taken away by the champion, which is fine, which would actually just means that they have that much more confidence in Britt Baker to put, to leave the title on her like that. And I think the fans absolutely love her, even though she's supposed to be a heel, right? But the fans absolutely love her. And I thought this was a really good match for both of them. Probably the best women's match that they've had to date in AEW uh, as the women's division continues to evolve and grow, as we saw tonight with the integration now of one Ruby Soho, who happened yeah. to win the women's yeah. battle royal. But uh, but yeah, absolutely a great match for Britt Baker, one of her best matches to date. Uh, I would put it right up there with her match with Thunder Rosa and uh, in, in that lights out match. It's right up there. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of great spots. I thought the uh, the inside hook Falcon Arrow by Statlander was absolutely uh, insane. And then you had that deadlift suplex that she did, or excuse me, the deadlift superplex off of the top rope. Chris Statlander looked incredibly, incredibly good uh, in this match. And then, you know, 
the thing that I think impresses me most about Britt Baker, she goes out and she has a banger like this and her arm is still messed up. Like her wrist is still broken. It's still in a cast and she's still going out there and putting bangers like this. The curb stomp uh, off of the steps. That was really good. Then we got that nice little moment there from Orange Cassidy when he just like, oh god, when he just lost it and he took off his glasses. Get the hell that in the great. ring. Get up, Chris. Great. Get the hell that in the was ring. really good. Yeah, that was that was really good. But uh, then we get the the Pittsburgh uh, sunrise, which I thought was a really really good call. I mean, look, stomp the, the closing segment of this. It, it made Statlander look so good in defeat, right? She gets hit with the Pittsburgh sunrise. She gets hit with a stomp, and then she gets hit with a lock on. She kicked out at like one after the Panama sunrise, and then she kicks out at two after the curb stomp. And then it was like, all right, I'm I'm finally down for the count. So they they made Statlander look uh, strong in defeat, but still, this was a win that I think Britt Baker uh, absolutely needed. She is the face of that women's division. She is one of the stars in AEW. And look, as, as strong as Chris Stantlander looked tonight, it's not her time yet. This is Britt Baker's world, and we're just living in it right now. I mean, now when you added Ruby Soho to the equation now, I mean, that, that women's division just received a huge upgrade. And we'll get to that Casino Battle Royale in a little bit. But let's talk about this tag match, Rick, because this <laughs> tag match for this AEW title was probably the most ridiculous, the most unbelievable match i've probably ever seen in the history of of aew and let's uh let's see if we can get uh mr kev kellerman live yep. from chicago who is joining us right now let's see if we can add him in into the stream oh hey, hey. good man what's up kevin how you doing broski uh i'm gonna be i'm gonna be pretty brief here and try to stick as long as i can uh big thanks to all the boys up here, say hi, boys. How are you? All right. Somebody let me come into the suite and, and steal the Wi-Fi for a minute, and I'm appreciative. <laughs> okay. We got some real good smart marks well, here. We appreciate all a lot the guys. Of, a lot of kind of happy people. A lot of happy people in Chicago. I can tell you there is not a single person leaving this arena right now with a, a sour puss on their face. Uh, Kev, I mean, this might be an impossible question to answer, and maybe you're going to go full Homer here. Uh, moment of the night. Uh, live in the crowd, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Bay Bay, Ruby Soho. I mean, there's a lot to love about this show tonight, man. The the the, re the returns defined it. Am I correct, fellas? Yeah, it seemed like the returns defined tonight. Uh, certainly, it was a CM Punk crowd. Uh, I I think uh, foremost, but that double swerve at the end really left people happy. I mean, even if they just got Adam Cole and the elite being all the bad guys, right? Uh, but the second he said, that's your happy ending, uh, th that's when I was like, you're getting more here. And, and the second they knew Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, right, was back out here. Uh, Brian Danielson, I know we don't have video of it just yet, but we will, had uh, plenty of comments after we after he went off the air. He joked about uh, he was going to talk for a little bit, and people said, talk forever. And then he said, I'm going to come out there and punch everyone in the face who said that. I'm not going to talk forever. Uh, so he was definitely having fun. He said he came to AEW because he wants to be a wrestler. Uh, and he said wrestling when he wanted to say wrestling a lot. Uh, he also had nice things to say. He said, I liked where I used to work. I loved where I used to work. And I understand you're going to boo me for that. But I came here because of the talent that is here. And I came here because I want to prove myself and prove myself to people that claim to be elite. So, I mean, obviously at the end of the pay-per-view, it seemed like he was going after the elite. 
Uh, and you got that impression. Uh, quite the reaction for him. Quite the send home happy moment. Um, may, uh, honestly, uh, there were a lot of people leaving here, obviously, that are AEW loyalists. Uh, I enjoy wrestling. This is just a great night for the wrestling business in general. AEW is, they're not number two. They're, they're right there with WWE probably tomorrow. Kevin, I wanted to get your take on what was the biggest match reaction of the night for you while you were over there. Um, fr from a TV standpoint, it looked like the, the the tag team AEW title match, Lucha Bros and Young Bucks, uh, got a really loud reaction. What what was your take over there? Uh, yeah, that was the match of the night, bell to bell. I mean, certainly people came for the attractions. Uh, that was the match of the night. That 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 move of Ray Phoenix popping off the top of the cage is always going to be just like Jimmy Fly Super uh, Snooka. It's going to be a special thing. Mankind going off the top of the cage. There's just something special when it's done right, and that was done very well. We didn't get that Canadian destroyer you wanted, Rick, off the top there. Uh, that's okay. We can. Everyone gets to leave the arena with their neck. That's a good thing. No. Uh, uh, there were a lot. Of, I don't think there was a single match on this show that you could say was bad. I, I think there was a there was a certain tune out factor. Uh, unfortunately for Paul White when he hit the ring tonight, uh, there was a tune out factor for Britt Baker when she hit the ring. There was a pretty muted reaction to that. But I think that some of that comes just with being on a stat show. Uh, you know, I, I thought the placement of John Moxley, Kojima, in the second spot was a very interesting positioning for that. Uh, that moment of Minoru Suzuki was very huge. So, some, so I mean, there are a lot of people who thought, oh, we got Minoru Suzuki. Maybe we get one more big surprise here. I mean, how many big surprises did you get in one night? If you got all that in one night, you got a Royal Rumble for four hours, guys, in terms of, like, big surprises and payoffs and and fun things like that, and advancement of story too, you know. Uh, and no one, I, I don't think even the matches that were less interesting than others were disappointing, to say the least. I mean, this this is this is one of those top shows of the year. It's one of those shows that people are going to be talking about for a long time to come. Yeah, and we already got the uh, the official uh, welcome to the team. A Brian Danielson is all elite. Adam Cole is all elite. Ruby Soho is all elite. So all three uh, of those superstars are going to be here for the long haul. Uh, it is curious. Oh, they're signed. They signed with AEW. Yeah, they're like I'm like done for the long haul. No one-offs and bounce off. Okay. No Matt Cardona. All right, this wasn't a tryout. They weren't. They weren't just trying out over there. They weren't just trying out. Hey, they're they're in now, right? We've seen superstars come in and do like a two or three week stay, and then they're bounced, Kevin. So you know, but the, no, they made this. I, I, I don't. I don't get that impression. Yeah, these these three are here uh, for the long haul, and it, it is interesting to see here because we still have that Hangman Adam Page. Uh, situation that is hanging out there with Kenny Omega that is still unresolved so I found it interesting that they bring out Brian Danielson to go up against Kenny Omega and the elite I was under the assumption with they were going to bring in Daniel Bryan they were going to close the show with CM Punk and Darby Allen and then have Punk and Bryan square off at the end of the night uh, interesting that they go this direction uh, you know the second the second we knew we weren't getting CM Punk and Darby Allen at the end of the night which by the way was a fantastic match I think Dar I think Punk wrestled the right match that he needed to wrestle tonight. I think Darby made himself look good and just got caught, just like any other fight. You get caught in the right moment, they can catch you. Thank you so much to Jake Cabrera. Thank you so much, boys. Uh, Jake Cabrera, great friend of the show, ho hooking us up here with the suite here. Very, very thankful to him. Uh, Jay's been a very, very good friend of us. So a lot of the exclusives we get to see him, Punk, are him and the connections he made for us. Much thanks to him. Uh, but no, I mean, Punk wrestled the right match he needed to wrestle tonight. And the right guy won the match. And I don't think there's anything wrong when you get a predictable outcome that seems exciting like we got 
are you punk tonight? Uh, so I mean, if you're re- if you're trying to find something that upsets you about the show, you're really gonna reach. Uh, maybe there was just maybe too many returns uh, on tonight, right? But it's bang for your buck, right? And uh, people got a lot of it tonight. I mean, you know, you know me, Kev. I'll, I'll I'll nitpick until you know the the day is long. You know, I'll, I'll nitpick all night long. But uh, I that's all I can do tonight. I can just I can just nitpick. Uh, a little bit. And we haven't really gotten to the matches so far in the show where I- I'm going to nitpick a little bit, but I will because that's what I do to quote Mark. <laughs> oh, now, there was, Kevin, I, I, I'll be honest. I, there were some matches. There were some matches that didn't click tonight. There were, I mean, that, that Paul White QT Marshall match was fine, but it was buried in the show. It was a tough thing for them to follow CM Punk. Anyone in that position, I think, would have been in that position. If, if Christian Cage and Kenny Omega had to follow that, it would take them a good 10, 20 minutes to do it. And get that crowd back into this thing. Those guys had four minutes after that long twenty. It, it was they weren't set up to be successful there. Uh, and I do feel that if anyone got the short end of the stick, it was Big Show Paul White tonight. I, I think he knew his role, though. Uh, he knew it was going to happen. Yeah. That yeah. match was for him. It, it well, he he knew he knew what he he's a pro. He knew what he was going to getting into tonight. Jose. Exactly. Uh, Kevin, I, I did wanted to get your your thoughts on this comment that we're getting from uh, from YouTube from Antonio Whittle. He's saying that All Out 2021 is equal to WrestleMania X7 2001. What's your thought on that comparison? I, I mean, I guess you could say, in terms of just fan service throughout the night, getting something that hardcore fans want every little while. And I know everyone remembers that. If you're a diehard, lifelong wrestling fan, they remember that card for so much big moments, so many great matches. Uh, It's worth saying, I would say, if you haven't seen it already, or maybe you're still new to All Elite, or you just kind of follow it casually, or you just see the results on sportskeeda.com, this is their WrestleMania. This is now their destination show. This is the show that has the biggest moments. If it isn't the WrestleMania, it's certainly the Royal Rumble. It's definitely the show that if you're going to skip an All show you skip all out uh, and the rumblings uh, this is not a report this is not speculation the rumblings of what they want to do in terms of bigger shows that I've talked to both of you about that we just can't confirm and I am not teasing nothing because it'll come out sooner than later uh, about what all he wants to do is even bigger than this uh, and in terms of venue and in spectacle to say the least all right Kev well we, we don't want to take up too much of your time tonight. Uh, you, we appreciate the boys giving you the internet connection, allowing uh, you to check in uh, live from Chicago as we are. Uh, we see the arena there uh, emptying out. It's, it, it's all quiet right now. That is a big-ass cage, by the way. Uh, we're we're going to talk about It is massive. Just a few seconds. But, uh, uh, Kev, we really appreciate it. Uh, you got some great footage. I hope you recorded yourself when uh, Brian Danielson came out tonight. I recorded the I recorded the crowd. I did the job. I didn't do what you did at SummerSlam and and, and get in the booth and and not keep the I reported the story as it needed to be reported. I was a professional. Hey, that's on I me. That's on me. Listen, I, was getting, I was getting the story. I was getting the story, and I had to. So let me. let's let's talk about the steel cage match because you just talked oh. about how massive that steel cage was. But that match, how long was that match? That match was like at least 30 minutes, right? Uh, yeah, easily, yeah. And, and there were a lot of points where you thought, oh, well, this this bad boy is over. I mean, first off, the crowd was hot for this match from the get-go. Um, you know, the, the Bucks are tremendously great at getting heat. 
You had the Lucha Bros come out with that that fantastic uh, entrance that they had. The crowd was hot for them. They wanted them to win this match, and I think the Bucks deserve a lot of credit for that because people were tired of seeing them win. I know I was tired of seeing them win, and I'm sitting here going, mm -hmm. there's no way they're going to find a way to put put themselves over again, right? This, this, this can't happen tonight. But, you know, and we, we talked about this on the Inside Cradle, which, by the way, comes out every Thursday at uh, 8 p.m. Uh, that is our weekly deep dive podcast with Kev and myself and, and sometimes SP3 and others. Uh, we, we talked about this. All of the title matches tonight, while they had the potential to be great, they were all pretty predictable and the retains mm -hmm. were all pretty predictable. This was the only one that was a genuine coin flip. So if we were going to have a title change tonight, it was going to be here. And this is exactly what we got. And you knew it's like they were building up to something because like I'm watching this match. I'm like, man, they've been going for 20 minutes, but they really haven't used the cage a whole lot, except for that that one right side of the cage, you know, stage mm -hmm. left, shall we say uh, that they, they kept chucking them into the to the to the uh, to the chain link and everything. I'm like they haven't really climbed. This is a big ass mother effing cage that they got here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Looked like it had an extra 10 feet on it compared to what you would see in WWE. I'm like, somebody's got to climb to the top of that bad boy, right? Like, nobody even tried to escape, and they saved it for the end, and he knew it was going to be Ray Phoenix who, who was diving down. Uh, I, I absolutely love the uh, the finish. I love Ray uh, jumping on top of, uh, was it Matt? I think Matt was the one who was who didn't get pinned. Uh, diving on there to make sure that the three count mm -hmm. went through. That was smart. Uh, yeah, it was very, very smart. A lot of the 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 Avalanche Canadian Destroyer was absolutely sick. I I was genuinely concerned for Matt Jackson after he got spiked into the in the middle of the ring. There, there was a lot to like about this. I could nitpick a couple of things. I I'm, I'm not big for for spots and things that aren't believable in the ring. So the whole mm -hmm. super kick, you know, I'm gonna take 18 super kicks and then I'm gonna bounce right back up and take another super kick. I that's not for me. I could have gone without that, but yes. This was a uh, this was a fantastic match, Bell to Bell. I I get that, and I completely agree. I think this match was the match of the night, in my opinion. Um, what I really actually have to take my hat off on this match is I have to take my hat off on the Young Bucks for the simple fact that near the end of the match, when you think that this match is about to be over, they catch heat by pulling out the Air Force One Jordans yeah. uh, with the thumbtack soles on it, using the thumbtack soles just to have those thumbtack soles turned on them. So that way, you know, the, 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 the whole story evolves. That way the Lucha Bros can get the win. But I thought that was really smart because at one point you're thinking, okay, well, these guys are going to do this. This is pretty much the end. It had me believing. I'm like, oh, okay, great. They're just going to get, you know, one of these other wins. But when I saw the kick out, I was like, what? Like, okay. This is actually going somewhere, and they pulled the trigger on it, and I'm actually really happy. This makes their their record, Lucha Bros' record, against the Bucks six and three right now. Okay, because they've had this is a total of nine matches right now. Yeah. Uh, they've beaten them. They've beaten them for the for the AAA Tag Team Championships, and now they've beaten them for the AEW Tag Team Championships. So, uh, so good stuff for the Lucha Bros, man. I'm real happy for them. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Penta took a lot of punishment in this match. I mean, they got a close-up of his face after they ripped the mask, and you could see blood in his eye. And, and I think it was uh, Excalibur who had the line in that match. He said, look, he's got a crimson mask underneath his mask. And then he was already bleeding profusely, and then he took the super kick with the thumbtack uh, shoe, on, the, the thumbtack Jordan on. 
And I, I love that too. I love that he, he, he got in front of Ray Phoenix. He got in front of his younger brother, like, nah, bring it on. If anybody's taking this, it's going to be me. And then of course, you know, Ray. And that was up. cool too. That was cool too. That, that Penta just kind of like stopped in the middle between him and between Nick and, uh, and Ray to protect his brother. That was really cool that, that, you know, that they did that. And it was really good part to add it into the story. I just thought this match was mwah, perfect. I loved it. Look at this. This is the first I've got my first. I'm an AEW Homer, uh, uh, um, accusation here i will nitpick aew coming up really quickly trust me on that and i have nitpicked aew on the podcast before so please I, once I again i'm all the time yeah so please check out the inside cradle on thursday i will nitpick aew to death because it's what i do uh but yes i was ready for a title change uh for sure uh i thought this was absolutely the right call couldn't have a major pay-per-view like this without a title change. And this was the only one where it was really the right time. Mm -hmm. This was only the one where it made sense uh, to switch the championships around to the, uh, to the Lucha brothers. And maybe we get a, uh, a rematch at full gear. But again, there's a lot of other hungry tag teams out there. And now all of the tag teams that uh, the young bucks have been running the train on for the last few weeks. Now, all of a sudden we get some fresh matchups with the, with the Lucha brothers and everything like that. So uh, maybe we get Lucha brothers and, uh, here's, and a for, here's a thought for you though, Rick, you yeah. know, Tony Khan recently talked about implementing the trios championship. Yeah. Now we got Adam Cole, young bucks just dropped the tag titles. So Adam Cole and the young bucks become the new trio champions. Boom. It could happen. It could happen. I like the way you think. Uh, they got a lot of people now. Uh, they got to have stuff for people to fight for. But I know they have said that they don't like to. They didn't want to flood uh, AEW with uh, with championships. So right now, I think they they kind of have the perfect like they have the perfect balance. They have the tag champs. They have their two world titles, according to uh, Tony Khan. No mid card championship here. He books uh, the TNT Championship like a uh, like a world. Oh, title. you don't want me to go on a rant on that, uh, uh, Rick. You don't. You really don't want me to get me started. I kind of want to poke the bear now. What are we? What are we doing? I, listen, I say this every single Wednesday night, and I said it most most recently on Thursday on the top story. Yeah, that, that is complete and entire bullshit that you try that you treat that title as a non mid card title when you don't even feature your network champion on tv for three or four weeks at a time and you only have them make them do you know one or two minute promo vignettes that is complete and entire bullshit uh you miro needs to be respected that title needs to be respected when you have darby allen on tv for 10 weeks in a row defending that title every single week at that point, then you can call it a main title. But when it's not on TV and you're not doing anything with it, it's not. It really, it's not. It's not. I, so. I will give I will give Tony Khan credit for one thing, and this and it was a direct comparison that he made to a certain championship for a certain company, and we all knew what he was talking about the second he said that. The TNT title, to Tony Khan's credit, is booked a million times better. Than the Intercontinental Championship has been, and if oh, you yeah. look, if you look at Shinsuke, it could always be worse, Jose. You look at what Shinsuke Nakamura has done since he won the Intercontinental Championship. It has been absolutely nothing. He got to dance down to the ring at SummerSlam. He gets to dance mm -hmm. down to the ring, and you know what? For the last three weeks, he's watched Rick Boogs get booked to win matches instead of him. So it could that's, always that's, that's all they're using them for. They're using them yeah. for to elevate boogs right now. That's all they're yeah, using. Them exactly. For. So to Tony Khan's credit, 
it is booked a hell of a lot better than the Intercontinental Championship. So I will agree with that. I will I will agree with that, man. All right. Enough enough AEW versus WWE talk. But I am glad I poked the bear there, Jose. Uh, we do appreciate all 221 of you uh, who are still sticking around. And yes, we will get to CM Punk. We will get to Brian Danielson. We will get to Adam Cole Bay Bay. But right now, let's get to the woman of the night. Ruby Soho. She was the Joker. Not only did she come in as a surprise entrant, Jose, but she won the whole damn thing. She knocks out uh, Thunder Rosa, uh, literally and figuratively, uh, to win that matchup tonight. Uh, what did you think about uh, Ruby's uh, entrance into All Elite Wrestling and her being the one that wins this match? Was she the right call to win tonight? I think so. Um, my, my strong second there was Ty Conti. I thought Ty Conti was going to make it all the way into the end and probably Thunder Rosa. I was right about Thunder Rosa. Uh, but I just wanted to speak really quick about this chemistry that Ruby and Thunder Rosa had in there for, for that brief moment that they were in there. That chemistry was really good. I can't wait to see a matchup between Thunder Rosa and Ruby. Uh, uh, and I think this is actually really good. This is a swerve. We haven't seen uh, a Joker win a Battle Royal to date yet. This is the first Joker to win a casino battle royale. So I thought this was uh, this was good. And again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, this is a much needed injection to the AEW women's division. And Ruby Soho is you know going to do that for for that division. And down the road, man, Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker, Ruby Soho versus Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho versus Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill looked like a beast tonight too in that yeah. battle royal too. Uh, but overall, man, I thought I thought that was a good decision. Uh, I would have been okay if Ty Conti would have gotten it or Thunder Rosa would have gotten it, but I'm not mad at all that Ruby Soho won it. Yeah, uh, I'm just incredibly happy for her as a person. Not only just winning the match is the icing on the cake, but when mm -hmm. her music hit, those fans lit up for her. She got a massive Agreed. pop. You heard the punk rock music going, and Everybody in that arena instantly knew who it was, and they showed her the damn appreciation that she never got in that other company. I, I know I said I wouldn't do WWE versus AEW, but when somebody <laughs> like this comes over, right? And not only that, it wasn't just the fans. It was Liv Morgan on Twitter. It was Tegan Knox on Twitter. It was all of her old coworkers and all of the people across promotions who were going, Effin, yes, it is time that Ruby Riot, excuse me, sorry, I pulled a JR there. Ruby Soho uh, get, gets the respects that she deserves. And I was so damn happy. And then you get that moment where, like, yes, what you were talking about, her and Thunder Rosa, and everybody was losing their damn minds. And I think, I think it was Ruby who went, you hear this, right? Like, let's acknowledge this between each other. You hear what this crowd is saying right now. That's us. That's us doing this. And, you know, this. Yes, Ruby is a much needed addition to the to the AEW women's division. I did find myself tonight find like watching this battle royal and going, "Oh, hey, there's there's a lot of people who could who could win this, who are absolute contenders." And this was this has always been one of the biggest knocks on the on AEW has been their women's division. You can't say that anymore. Over the last no. several months, especially with the emergence of Dr. Britt Baker DMD, this women's division has completely turned on its head. It, it's it's really starting to get up there. I wish they would be featured more on television, but again, they are very, very limited, and that's where AEW has a problem. They're very limited with TV time. They only have three hours, and then they're utilizing their YouTube shows as best as they can, so it's hard to get more than one women's match or two women's matches. And 
just thinking about all the people that they've added, and we'll talk about that coming up here soon, uh, especially when we get to the Jericho match, which was not the outcome I was expecting. Uh, but they needed an infusion and they needed another star in the women's division to kind of really elevate it and have it take off. And I think Ruby Soho is going to be that. I completely agree. I think this is uh, with the addition of Ruby Soho to this AEW women's division, this will rival the NXT women's division. Mark my words. So she gets a great moment. She gets a great rub. She signs the contract. She's back in. Everybody's happy for Ru- uh, for Ruby. Um, I'm going to nitpick. I'm going to nitpick this match just a little bit. Nitpick it. Dude. I was stunned that Sheeta got tossed as quickly as she did in this match. Like even right? before like the, the third suit was out, I was expecting her to be like the, uh, you know, the, the, the iron woman go like pretty much bell to bell, right. Throughout the entire match. Uh, that did not happen. Uh, Riho got unceremoniously tossed from this match and the crowd could not believe it. Those are two out of four of your AEW women's champions. And you just treated them like nothing in this match. I think their eliminations should have been more of a thing than what they actually were to their credit. Nyla Rose looked like a native beast uh, in this damn match. And uh, it was a big elimination for Thunder Rosa to get her out pretty much by herself. But uh, I would have liked to have seen she uh, Sheeta and Riho get a little bit more respect in this match. Yeah, I also kind of felt the same way with Jade Cargill. Like, I thought that she wasn't in there very long. She got eliminated pretty quickly. And I, it's weird because when I first started seeing uh, Jade Cargill, I was like, oh, you know, she there's only this so much hype. But she's actually pretty good, right? But then now that we know that she's pretty good, she's not being used all that much. And she wasn't used very well in this battle royal. I thought she should have been at least in the final four. Yeah, she she got a, a pretty decent uh, a, a pretty decent showing tonight, but she is still. I think people look at you know her physical stature and just see star, which she is. But they're bringing her along slowly, which I think you don't mm-hmm. want to give her too much too soon. So they got mm-hmm. they gave her uh, some some good spots tonight. Uh, but yeah, sh- maybe they could have given her a rub by putting her in the final four. But I'm trying to think, who were the other two? Like, uh, Nyla was one, but uh, who who was the other one? It kind of came down to the final three real quick. Well, it was Thunder Rosa, it was Ruby, Nyla, um, and then my internet cut off, so I had to uh, I think restart it was Ty. the uh, I think Ty tossed out Penelope Ford, uh, and then she was celebrating on the ring. And so we didn't get that final four showdown that we usually mm. get uh in like royal rumbles and things like that because ty got knocked off by um by nyla before they ever really got the the this the showdown gotcha. i was expecting a little bit more story building between anna jay and ty and penelope and the bunny they we got a little bit of it but that could have been the way that you were building that up heading into this match that could have been the central you know, story of the match to tell and i just mm-hmm. think that also got overshadowed uh, a, a little bit so there you go I nitpicked. I nitpicked. You knew it was coming. I'm gonna nitpick I'm gonna, a little. I'm gonna bit. have to come up. I'm gonna have to come up with a graphic. So every time it's time for Rick's nitpick, and then just yes. like slide it over and just have you go click click. <laughs> I, I need to just keep tweezers on my desk so I can tag in and, and get that. Right, we, well, speaking of nitpicking, let's let's nitpick this next match up here. Chris Jericho and MJF. You you thought that was gonna end one way, and it ended another. I'm actually pretty happy the way it ended, but I do have to give uh, a, a, a nod of respect to MJF. Not only 
uh, for what he did in the beginning, which is troll absolutely everyone in Chicago with the whole Jericho, you know, Y2K, Y2J Jericho theme from WWE. And then it says Jericho's last match. Like, just what a troll to every single person in Chicago. I'm kind of like worried that they're going to get sued because that was like the same font, the same graphics. It was everything that I'm pretty sure WWE owns uh, that, they, that they threw up there. Maybe subtle changes, but they might get a cease and desist uh, for some of those things. All, all MJF needed to come out there and was a light was a big light up jacket uh, with, the, with the, that was the same colors as his uh, his scarf. That's all he was missing. But it was, yes, yeah. right, a total perfect troll job. And it was really a troll job by AEW because it made you think from the get-go that, oh, yeah, this is Jericho's last match. Like, he's done. It, it, that's it. You, you saw the look on Jericho's face uh, when he was coming out there. It, he he sold it like this was going to be the last time the, the crowd was ever going to be singing along to uh, his music. And thank God, because there was that kind of uh, issue with the sound system with a guitar player and nobody could really get on time with everything so unfortunately <laughs> that was a, a technical issue but um it kind of ruined what would have been a really really good end they have they don't they have some bad luck aew does with live performances i remember when cody's theme song got played live and that was oh it happens. Awful. You, you know you know they have performance anxiety what can yeah, i say I mean, I, I, uh, their, their, their 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 production value sometimes lacks we all saw that explosion uh, anyway, so but I thought this was the perfect open for everything. MJF played his role to absolute perfection, and then yeah, the 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 match happened, and you know the the heat seeker onto the apron uh, made me make a sound Ooh, that, that I it made me make a sound that I can't recreate. Uh, and then I made a completely different sound when MJF was power bombed onto the apron. So there were a lot of like really really stiff shots in this match. Mm -hmm. Um, you know. By the way, got to give MJF credit on one thing as well. Really smart for him to lean into the lion salt because Jericho had a long way to go and he wasn't going to get there. And MJF kind of slid underneath Jericho. So that was really, really good uh, for, for on MJF. That was one note that I made. But um, yeah, let's talk about this false finish. MJF. Oh, wow. Everybody was upset about that. MJF getting the one, two, three, just as Chris gets his foot on the rope. Audrey, Aubrey Edwards keeping her eyes on the shoulder. She counted the one, two, three, and the crowd starts booing. And I'm instantly going, okay, there's the out. Because I was expecting MJF to win this match, but Jericho to still find a way to wrestle for AEW somehow down the line. Because I look at all of these people that they're bringing in and now have brought in because I wasn't even counting Adam Cole at that point because I was a dumbass and thought he hadn't made up his mind yet. Um, but you you look at all the people that they're bringing in and it makes sense for guys like Chris Jericho to take a step back. Guys like Cody Rhodes to take a step back. These guys who have carried the brand up to this point. Not to say that they're not stars and they're not valued, but they're not needed on the forefront anymore. You got John Moxley, you've got Brian Danielson, you've got CM Punk. Now you have Adam Cole, you have Kenny Omega, you have Hangman Adam Page, you have Jungle Boy. The list goes on and on and on and on. So you don't need Jericho in the in the forefront anymore to be that star to carry the AEW flag, which is why I thought this was going to be his out because the 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 stipulation was. 
Jericho will never wrestle for AEW again. Not that he wouldn't mm-hmm. wrestle in New Japan or for Impact or for even have a, a, a one-time retirement match for WWE down the line when his contract expires, which is something that we've talked about as a possibility before. So I was expecting somehow MJF to still get over Chris Jericho, which is what I would have mm-hmm. done, and then give Jericho the back door to come back at some point. But instead, we get the ref who should have been uh, getting Wardlow and Jake Hager out of there, just trotting down going, oh, hey, by the way, I saw that. Uh, the foot was on the rope. You should probably restart the match. And then they restarted the match, and Chris Jericho ended up winning with MJF tapping out, which I did think was poetic justice. Yeah, uh, when I look at the storytelling in this match, this is this is storytelling that you would see in a WWE pay-per-view. Believe it or not. People will always shit on WWE because of how they, you know, <sighs> their matches and how they, you know, and how how it it ends up being uh, told in the ring. And we've seen this type of situation happen many, many, many times in WWE. Sure has. It happened in AE, it happened in AEW, and all of a sudden, it's the masterpiece. It's the best thing that's <laughs> ever been shown on tv when we've seen this many many times before in the past so this is nothing new i was actually expecting jericho to win because mjf got the last win on the fifth labor so i i i had no doubt that jericho was going to win i didn't really see this whole little swerve there coming with aubrey interfering and just not not interfering but not seeing the leg on the rope uh, right. But again, this is this is a type of booking that you see on WWE pretty pretty frequently, and I'm pretty sure Jericho probably came up with that finish. Yeah, Rico saying except they justified the second ref tonight instead of someone just running out from the back in WWE like they were watching a TV screen. So that that does make a, a little bit of sense. Just the it was just the right guy in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Jose, he didn't want Chris Jericho's career to go down. Uh, that way so i still expect jericho to kind of take a back seat mostly because he has to he has to with with all the people that have come in uh but i i think he's he's going to be a a special attraction from from this point on i don't think we're going to see him be like this this full-time guy um you know he'll he'll be there like sammy like if sammy guevara wrestles he'll be there but i don't i i would be stunned if jericho is still a forefront main event level guy uh, for AEW, especially after all of their additions let's move on now to one of those big additions um I, I really wasn't quite sure what to expect with this matchup. First time in seven years, CM Punk coming down to the ring, wrestling in a match against Darby Allen. I have no idea what Darby Allen's entrance was with the body bag and him jumping out of a helicopter. I have no idea what that meant. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to even try to decipher it, but okay. So they, they shot that and that that's cool. Darby gets the entrance, and then, yeah, it, it's CM Punk time. For the first time in seven years, it's finally clobbering time. I thought AEW screwed up by taking uh, the camera off of him uh, too soon when he did that, and they showed us a yeah. cell phone instead. So that was a botch on the uh, production department there. That's a WWE move to screw up. That's like when Edge came back at the Rumble and they missed the first spear. How do you screw up the first clobbering time? Just keep it square on CM Punk. Uh, so there's another nitpick uh, there for you. Um, but yeah, this was this was slow to start off. It was. It, it felt like CM Punk got back on a bike with training wheels. This was very basic 
chain wrestling to start off. I mean, Punk spent probably 45 seconds trying to get out of a hammerlock. It was really slow. It was a lot of headlocks, headlock takeovers, reverses, um, a couple of shoulder tackles here or there, a couple of stare downs, uh, really, really slow, almost like, let's just say CM Punk didn't dive into the deep end. He went over to the shallow end where the steps were, and he took a couple of steps down, got, got you know, got acclimated to up to his knees in the water, and then he took another couple steps down and before he yeah. finally dunked his head in at the end. That's what it, it felt like tonight, and maybe that's what he needed to do or he felt like he needed to do. I really thought that Darby Allen brought all of the excitement to this match. Do you agree or disagree? I completely agree, and I think we spoke about this when, when you and I were in Vegas. We were talking about this matchup. And we were, and we have both agreed that Darby Allen was going to be taking the brunt of this match. He was going to be the one to really make Punk look as good as possible. And I think he really did that tonight. Uh, Punk looked exactly like you were describing, like training wheels. You know, the first half of the match, you know, takedowns, uh, counters, trying to get into it. Second half of the match, a little bit more false finishes. Uh, more counters, things are going to happen, suicide, you know, splashes, things are going to happen. Then the GTS comes in into the counter. Yeah. Nice ending, nice finish. Boom, you're done. I thought that was, uh, it was uh, well put together. Um, he didn't, it was not, a, it wasn't Cena Punk level. You know, that was like yeah. one of the best matches he's ever had or or Punk Undertaker. Those are one of the best matches he's had in the, in, in the past. But it's a good match for being out of the ring seven years. There's obviously going to be some ring rust, and we expected that. Uh, but overall, man, Darby Allen made him look like a million bucks tonight. Yeah, he, he absolutely. gets all the credit for that. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say that this was a bad match because it wasn't. Uh, I just I didn't know what to expect, and I'm just saying what I noticed out of the gate, which was a very slow paced match to start off and then it, it slowly started to ramp up but man when it went from zero to 60 it was darby doing it like the the irish whip into the corner where he hits his spine off of the post and then hits his head off of the turnbuckle and you're like there's at every darby allen match i feel like i say jesus at least three times uh and and, and tonight was uh was no difference pace really picked up when he hit the code red that was a nice uh, sequence there um, Punk did take a lot of offense uh, in this match. He was he was wrestling defensive for a lot of it. Uh, dare I say wrestling that heel role? I mean, these were two baby faces. All right. But mm -hmm. when Punk was getting offense, it was a lot of strikes. So he was kind of playing that heel role uh, in this match, even though he was a massive baby face. I liked him hitting the first GTS and then Darby taking that spill to the outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought, Jesus, he's going to land on the back of his head, but he didn't. Thankfully, he's he's OK. Um, and I liked punk kind of like, just, yeah, kind of like a spider catching a fly in his web. Like he just got him in the GTS and laid him out. And then well, funny enough, they both kind of came, they, I think they both came out from the baby face entrance and the AEW ramp. Right. Uh, yeah. but I, I totally get what you're saying, especially when punk had Allen in the headlocks near the ground, you, that was very heelish of what he was doing. So I can see what he was work. Were you saying that he was working heel in that match? Yeah, and I still think, I think we can agree on this. The moment of the match was Punk just Undertaker sitting up from the coffin drop and then just freaking <laughs> laughing his ass off. That was so beautifully, perfectly timed because if he misses that at all or Darby is not 
And we've seen Darby having to be pinpoint accurate with how he does that coffin drop because he literally did it straight into a coffin. All right. So he knows where he needs to hit his spot. That was so perfectly timed. It was such a, a, a heel ish CM Punk thing to go. Ha ha. Nice try, kid. And then they, he tries to do the uh, the crucifix roll up and, and, and that led into it. So that was that was a nice little spot. Um, a lot of great spots in this match. I loved the ending too, where Sting comes down. You're thinking maybe we're going to get a uh, a little bit of a teaser there for a match. We really didn't get that. It was just a lot of love and a lot of respect. I don't know about you, but I, I there was like this tension I'm feeling in the back of my neck. I'm like, okay, who's going to hit who? Oh, my God, me too. I'm like, is <laughs> Punk going to strike with an old man or is this old man going to want to beef with Punk? Like, like what's going to happen here? I'm expecting for some shit to go down. I thought... When, when, when Punk leaned in to help pick up Allen, I was expecting Sting to grab him and put him in the Scorpion Death Drop. Like, that's immediately what I was expecting. I'm like, uh, 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 no, no, they're just, oh, okay, they're just going to walk off. Everybody, everybody's happy. Okay. And then you had Punk playing with the crowd as he, as he leaves. He's like, wait, which tunnel? This one? Nah, I think it's this one over here, which kind of also plays into that heel uh, baby face. You know, what, what, what was he actually in this match tonight? Uh, but overall, uh, I think if you're if you're TK, if you're anybody in the back, if you're CM Punk especially, you have to be thrilled with that match because, and this is something that I've said on our uh, what do we call these airwaves? That that's the radio guy in me coming out. Well, whatever we call these, this is something that I've said before. If he's even half as good in the ring as he was seven years ago, this is a grand slam hire for AEW because he is as good or even better. Uh, as an entertainer and as a performer on the microphone than he ever has been. So this is, uh, I think this is a grand slam. If this is match one and you're, you're going uphill from here or downhill, whichever analogy you want to go with, I, I think you're ecstatic tonight. Yeah. For the first time in your, in the ring in seven years, I mean, this is the best showing, you know, for someone that's been out of the ring for that amount of a time. So, uh, so yeah, man, I think this is great for AEW this is great for everyone who enjoys wrestling, you know, yes. this is a great time to be a wrestling fan. And, and Justin, I get you. I get what you're saying. It, it, it was an average match. And I, and I thought the same thing. Cause like, if I, if I thought to myself, if this was anybody else other than CM Punk wrestling, would I be enjoying it as much? And I think the answer would be obviously no, but I, I think for the first time in seven years at age 42, the fact that we did get to see CM Punk in a wrestling ring for the first time in seven years, I think it absolutely did add to that. And it does leave Punk places to grow. Because if Punk... Mm -hmm. I, I, I think part of me thinks also that I don't think Punk wanted to peak too early. You know, he wanted to... This was about giving Darby Allen the shine. That's what all of this was about. And don't forget, that's what the CM Punk run is about as well, is working with the young talent, helping them improve, and putting them over. Darby looked like a million bucks in this match and punk looked like he won by a fluke. Not, not really a fluke, but he caught him, right? He caught him. He did the veteran move. He hit the go to sleep and that was it for Darby. And, and Darby mm -hmm. sold that tremendously. He was uh, pretty much out on his feet until he finally got out of the arena. Um, but yeah, this, this is to make the younger talent look good. And this, and Darby Allen was the star of this match. As far as the match's performance was, even though all eyes were on CM punk here. You also got to respect Punk for this too, because you know when you're coming back from a seven-year hiatus into a into a wrestling ring, typically when you see that type of a long hiatus, you see them come back and for their first match, it's usually a tag match, so that way everybody else can work around it, 
Um, and then he gets the hot tag. He does his moves. He gets to win. He looks great. So you gotta you gotta put the respect on CM Punk's name for what he did coming in seven years, still having a little bit of ring rust and putting on a really good match with Darby Allen, who made him look like a million bucks. Man, again, I just have to put I mad respect for Darby Allen for really making Punk look like a million bucks tonight. All right. So now here's the 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 ultimate question. This was match one. What should be match two? Sound off in the comments below. Who do you want to see CM Punk wrestle mm. next? Jose, is there somebody in your mind who you want to Man. see CM Punk go up against next? Uh, you know, my you know my the, the Mark in me wants to see Brian and Punk right, but it clearly looks like you know Brian's going to be in another program that doesn't involve Punk. Uh, however, you know now that we have this plethora of talent. In yeah. uh, in AEW, I wouldn't mind seeing one Adam Page versus CM Punk. I think that would be fun to watch. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Part of me is looking as like, what is the best story? And one of those things that that stuck out with me, right? Like, we're gonna there's plenty of time for Punk to work with the the younger talent and make everybody look you know better. Uh, Rico says, you know, MJF that that would be a good one here, but MJF just lost, so I'd like to have him rack up some more wins and that's another reason why I, I hate him going why i hate jericho going over tonight is it kind of derails the momentum of mjf just a little bit so now you got to start building him back up uh which is fine but i'm looking at what's the best story and one of the things that stuck out to me from cm punk's first promo was he said yes i want to work with the young talent but i got a few scores to settle in that locker room i would want to see one of those scores get settled and if i'm looking at, 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 I think there's a hell of a story you could do there with John Moxley. I think there is a hell of a story, a lot of history, yeah. obviously. Uh, I mean, you can't talk about John Moxley's introduction into the big leagues of professional wrestling without CM Punk because CM Punk's boy when the Shield debuted. So I think there is a tremendous story there to tell. It would also allow CM Punk to kind of do his little WWE jabs that he likes to do every now and again and tell more of his story. And, and that'll get over. That'll get the AEW marks all hot and bothered. So I, I think that's, that's a great way to go. And Moxley is another one of these guys who's kind of bulletproof in, in AEW. He only has three losses. So that's a guy that punk could find a way to win. And it really wouldn't hurt him much like Darby Allen. So I kind of would build up punk here a little bit, have him beat a John Moxley, have him beat a few of the other guys and then whoever is the first one to knock off uh, uh, Punk uh, would be really good. <laughs> Punk versus Stardust. <laughs> Punk versus Stardust. Punk Jesus. versus Ambrose. Punk versus Goldust. Yes, we're going to get it all. And they're all going to call it the best matches ever. Uh, you know, to be fair, by the way, there's a lot of history there with Chris Jericho as well. How great was it seeing those two on uh, commentary on Rampage on Friday? Oh, it was, it was, it was a thing of beauty. I really enjoyed that commentary on Friday night. Yeah, he's like, your sister hit me in the face once. She's gonna be in the front row, man. Just stay away from her. Uh, that was really, <laughs> that was really good stuff. Heck, we even got a little bit of a, a a prelude to that, where where Punk jumped into the crowd and the fan kind of gave him a beer. That was like oh, the that was the yeah. entire build to the Jericho CM Punk uh, feud in WWE. So, um, yeah, God, I still remember Punk like dancing around in the ring, like pretending to be drunk for a guy who's straight edge. He did that really, really, really well. Um, I think we can gloss. Uh, no, I, I hate to do this to Paul White. I think we can kind of gloss over Paul White and QT Marshall. It was what sure. it was. 
I didn't even write any notes on it, to be completely honest with you. Uh, and I don't think anybody cares. Uh, just four minutes of chops and a choke slam. Just to, yeah. just call it what it was. That's it, it's exactly what it was. So let's move on to the main event, which when this was announced as the main event, I think we all knew big things were in the works because how in the blue hell do you have CM Punk's return in Chicago and have that not be the main event, especially when, you know, not a lot of people were really hot on seeing Kenny Omega and Christian Cage, especially again, as good of a match as this was. I, I, I don't think, you know, people were expecting this to be the end. And now we know why, because it wasn't about them uh, to close out the show. But before we get to the fallout from all out, let's talk about this match. What did you think between Kenny Omega and Christian Cage? Number two here. I thought it was, uh, I'm not going to put it in an Okada versus Kenny Omega category of a match, but it was a very well done match to close out the night. I thought the spots at the tables were really cool. Um, the counters that they had throughout the match were really good. Uh, it was a hard, a pretty hard hitting match that uh, one wing angel from the second rope though, that looked pretty devastating. Uh, Christian looked good, but Kenny Omega looked better tonight. I'm pulling out my tweezers again. Uh Oh, the ref nitpick it. The refereeing in this match took me completely out of it. Like how long can Don Callis keep the damn referee uh, at bay for Kenny Omega to pull out a table, throw it on top of Christian, then get back onto the ring apron and jump on. There's only so much going, hey, 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 listen to me, talk to me. Ha, 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 ha. It, it took it took way too long. And then we got it again later on when Gallows and Anderson came down, which that mm -hmm. time it was the reversal. This time it was, uh, you know, uh, Christian getting the upper hand here. And you're thinking, oh, maybe maybe he's going to win that match. So the refereeing in this match drove me nuts. But my God, did Christian take some damage? I mean, the the V triggers looked stiff. The Snapdragons looked stiff. And I'm not saying like he was taking shots. They just looked good. Really, mm -hmm. really good. And then I felt bad for Christian, too, because he caught that that table, the leg of the table right in the rib. And I would not be surprised if he broke something. The dude was coughing up blood. Something was going on internally. And yeah, then no, that, that, that spot looked terrible. When Well, it looked good on camera, but yeah. then when you actually see the metal protrude and break through the table into his ribcage, you, you kind of feel like you're out of breath when you see that happening in real time. Yeah, and here's the thing. like the He wasn't bleeding. That was internal bleeding from what I could tell on screen. They didn't get a whole a, a, a close-up shot of that. Uh, probably for good reason, but it looked like he had internal bleeding. It looked like he had a broken rib and he was coughing up blood. Uh, and then he had the intestinal fortitude to go up to the top rope and try to deliver a frog splash and ended up landing ribs first into Kenny Omega's knees. Christian is that dude. He is just that dude at his age to, to be in the shape that he is and to pull off some of the stuff and to, to, to finish that match and take it all the way through Christian cage is one of the MVPs tonight for me. I, I loved this match. It looked uh, outside of the ref distractions outside of the ref distractions. And clearly the crowd was not into it at the beginning, but they got fired up toward the end. Uh, this, this match over delivered, I think tonight. I find it very interesting how the original members of team extreme, the team extreme OGs, 
are having the best runs of their careers. Christian is world champion on Impact and main evented all out. Edge has been in the WWE program now for over a year and a half in in and out. Had a great match at WrestleMania. Had a great feud with Seth Rollins that is continuing. I mean, both of these guys are doing the best work that they're doing uh, that they haven't done in a long, long time. And uh, Christian, he's that guy, just like you said, man. Team Extreme OG. Yeah, it's uh, it it does kind of make me sad to think that Matt and Jeff Hardy could both be doing the same thing right now, and, and neither one of them are being fully utilized. Matt Hardy has been completely lost in the shuffle. Like I remember when he first showed up in AEW, how how big of a deal that felt, and we were all like, "Oh, thank God, he's finally gonna get his big time main event level push." That didn't happen, and now he he's on the pre-show. Uh, tonight mm -hmm. pretty pretty good opening pre-show match by the way we didn't talk a whole lot about it uh there were a lot of those setup type spots that i don't really like in this well, that was a spot was, fest it was it, a spot it, fest let's be honest it's a spot fest it was a get your shit in match that's exactly yes. what it was it's yep. like I'm, I'm here here comes orange cassidy i'm gonna put my hands in my pockets i'm gonna do my uh my, my kip up and i'm gonna bounce off the ropes and here comes matt hardy i'm gonna get my my uh you know twist of fate and it was a get your shit in match that's what it was it was to, to get the crowd fired up so it, it is what it is and the and the baby faces won in the end so uh but matt hardy's completely lost in the shuffle and and jeff hardy his biggest accomplishment in two years has been beating sheamus in a street fight in a, in a bar room brawl and then beating carrying cross in a, with a roll-up like they don't even have him on tv every week it, it's kind of a shame to see where edge and christian are right now and where the hardy's could be because I think the Hardys could be competing at just the same level uh, as I agree. completely honest with you. So uh, I think it was pretty damn obvious that Kenny Omega was going to find a way to win this match tonight. He did. The one winged angel off of the top rope was insane. Uh, barely needed to cover Christian, but that's because Christian was was knocked completely the hell out. I still cannot wait for Adam Page one day to kick out of the one wing, winged angel because he's going to be the first one to do it and the crowd is going to lose their Evan Luffing minds and I think that's going to be a great moment. So I hope that's what they're building toward next. We'll see what Brian Danielson does. So let's get into that, shall we? So the match ends with the one winged angel. Christian's down. Here comes the members of the elite. You got Mac Nick Jackson hobbling down there. They got ice packs on everything, which I'm, I'm pretty sure they could barely move at that point. Uh, Gallows and Anderson get in the ring and Kenny's like, all right, beat down this man who's passed out in the middle of the ring. And they start kicking Christian. At least they they hit the upper torso. They realized his midsection is a little left up. So they left him alone there. And then the lights. Like, not so hard. Not so. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to change positions now. And then the lights go out. Yep. What did you think? Because I was waiting for the final countdown. I marked out when I saw AC on there and they started and they used the, the, the original Adam Cole intro music from back in the day. I thought that was great. The reaction was absolutely amazing and electrifying. And when he pointed up and he said, Adam Cole, baby, bro, I felt the vibrations through my iPad while I was watching it on how loud it was. I might have to ask Kevin on what the reaction was being there live, but th the way it came out through on TV, man, that was really loud. That, and the fact that he did a heel turn and joined with the elite, and then he gets a little double kiss Oreo sandwich kiss from the Young Bucks and yeah. just smiling on TV. Ah, so good. But this, this is going to have a continuity issue because in being the elite, he's supposed to be dead. 
So did they bring him back? Did they do some type of seance, some type of witchcraft, and did they bring him back? Is being the elite not canon to AEW? So, you know, there's still some unanswered questions there. But I'm from a, from a wrestling fan standpoint, I was happy. Yeah, that was um, when the lights went out, I was expecting Final Countdown to hit. So when Adam Cole's music hit, because, again, I was this idiot sitting here thinking he's been a free agent for literally all of a week. He's probably got multiple multi-million dollar deals on the table. Like he's going to take his time. He doesn't have to rush. He doesn't have to make a decision right now. Clearly, he got what he wanted from AEW. Uh, and clearly he was like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with some of my best friends because I see maybe possibly the, the writing on the wall in NXT. I didn't, maybe he didn't like to see, or like the, the meeting he had with Vince about the, his vision for him on SmackDown, or he's seen other NXT superstars come up and get promised the world. And then, you know, we, we've seen where some have gone. Uh, so clearly he heard what he wanted. And when Adam Cole's music came out, a hit and he started walking out. Literally, the only thing I said was, oh, shit. And then I sat there like Britt Baker uh, for just, which is very appropriate, uh, for a few <laughs> minutes. And then I thought the heel turn was perfect. Yeah, I thought the heel turn was absolutely perfect. It was a great way for him to get, you know, his his pop from the fans and then them go, well, son of a bitch. And you knew what was going to be set up next. We didn't hear final countdown, but we hear Flight of the Valkyries. And then some kind of remix beat. And then here's Daniel Bryan looking fresh, looking clean, looking happy. He comes down to the ring. He's baby, he's baby Brock. He's yeah. baby, he sounds with a little with a little baby Brock ponytail. <laughs> or he's or like, Vince, he, he's the he's the level down version of, of Brock Lesnar, right? Or now. as Vince might call him midget Brock. I don't know, whatever whatever you want to whatever you want to call. Uh, so he comes down to the ring and they, you know, all the baby faces help clear it out and, and, and the crowd's going nuts. So, I mean, here we are now. I mean, we're not that far removed from CM Punk coming back. We're not that far removed from Malachi Black coming over. We're not that far removed from Andrade coming over. I mean, they have absolutely stacked the deck. And now you add Brian Danielson on top of that. Adam Cole is here. They finally make a big splash in the women's division by bringing in Ruby Soho. And we may still have Bray Wyatt on the horizon, to be completely honest with you. I've seen multiple people. It's not done. It's not I, done. No. I, I've seen multiple people bring up Bray Wyatt in the chat today, which, by the way, we we absolutely love everybody who who continues uh, to, to comment. So please keep, the, keep those coming in. Uh, what did you guys think tonight about Adam Cole and Brian Danielson showing up at the end of the night? Now is your time uh, to sign off. Uh, Victor says, when the lights first went out, I thought Bray Wyatt, I don't believe his non-compete is up yet. Uh, so that wasn't the guy that I was expecting. I know that um, Impact has been hot on wanting to bring in uh, Bray Wyatt, who knows what uh, Bray Wyatt uh, wants to do, but he could very well be coming. What overall, I said this at the top of the show, I said this was a game changer. This was game on. Like if WWE didn't think that they had competition in AEW, they better reverse course on that. They better start mm -hmm. changing their minds because the star power is effing there now. And Chris Jericho I forget who we said it on, but I, I saw the article tweet out. He says within six months, Dynamite's going to be beating Raw in the ratings. With the kind of power that they got, with the kind of draws they have for the wrestling community, I don't know if they're big enough stars to bring in the, the casual audience, but I mean, you got a lot of hardcore wrestling fans who are going to be tuning in 
to Cincinnati, baby, on Wednesday night. This is huge. Like, there's no one stating it. It's huge. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And like I said at the top of the show, tonight's pay-per-view has literally changed the entire landscape for this business, for professional wrestling. Not from a production standpoint, for where we're actually consuming the product, from a from a reporting standpoint, from what we do on a daily basis, reporting the news and talking about wrestling. If they keep signing massive talent like they've been doing these last two to three months, especially with all the releases coming out of WWE, I can I can totally agree with you about Dynamite beating Monday Night Raw ratings or even getting just as close to Friday Night SmackDown numbers. It's very possible. And WWE needs to do something in order to bring back not only just the casual viewers, but your hardcore wrestling people, you know? They're there. They're, they will watch a product, but we're smarter now. We know what we want, and we know what kind of storytelling we want. And that's I think that's the cool thing why a lot of the wrestling fans are geared more towards AEW because AEW understands the smart mark, you know, fan base. You understand? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Whereas yeah. with WWE, they think that we're dumb. You know, they put a storyline in front of us. And we're like, okay, well, what's the end? What's, what's the end game over here? Uh, so WWE needs to do something. AEW is legit competition tonight. They proved it. And we're just going to have to see what happens in Cincinnati. We're just going to have to see what happens in the next few months at full gear because it's just going to get better. Yeah. When, when they brought in punk, when AEW brought in punk and he made his, his debut, that was SummerSlam weekend. WWE did the absolute best that they could do to counterpunch. They put on the biggest gloves possible in Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch, and they came out swinging. They don't have anybody else. There, there, there's no big name, no big free agent out there who is going to come in and be able to counterpunch Daniel Bryan. Excuse me, Brian Danielson. You just you lit you let Adam Cole walk. That's the biggest thing. They didn't even realize that Adam Cole's contract was up. Adam Cole, being good dude that he is, said, "All right, well." I'll, I'll sign a brief extension. You know, we'll, we'll let this thing play out with Kyle O'Reilly and then we'll, we'll, we'll see where we're at from there. What you want to do. Yes. Blah, blah. They F that up. They let him go to, they just let him go to, to AEW. So they screwed up there. They screwed up Malachi blacks, non-compete, let him go after 30 days instead of 90 days, all of this talent just flooding over to AEW. I mean, man, this is, WWE looks bad here. There's 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 nothing that they can do to counterpunch this. So now it's like, okay, we've made our bed. We have to lie in it. AEW is going to be continue to be white hot, especially with the talent that they have. My only question is, what can WWE do? And I guess my I other got question, the answer. I got the yeah. answer. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna go to the both of your uh in case of emergency glasses. You're gonna break them. So you're going to bring back The Undertaker, bring him back out of retirement, just so he could say, rest in peace, one more time. And you're going to bring back Triple H for one last match, right? That's oh, Those are probably man. your go-to emergency, in case of emergency, glass breaks that you got to do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Josh coming in and saying, bring back Nash. Bring back oh, Nash. Gosh. Bring back The Outsiders. We got, we're, I guarantee you, within the next three weeks, we're going to have Legends Night. Uh, you know, like that's, that, that's pretty much what it is. They're going to, they'll try to bring back Ric Flair somehow. I mean, it's just, 
they they don't have any major bullets left in the chamber. Like you can bring back the Undertaker, but that's that's going to be like a one pop thing, a, a, a one night thing. That's not an all solution fix. The way WWE has to do this is they have to create those new stars and they have to, you know, there are people within WWE that we still love that aren't being booked to their full potential. Guys like Keith Lee. All right. Guys like Sami Zayn, guys like Kevin Owens, for that matter, who are just kind of there on a week to week basis. Maybe we're going to get Finn Balor, you know, a, a, another big push here soon. It seems like the demons coming back. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, the fixes for WWE are, are in the long run. And we, 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 we know what those are better storytelling, long-term storytelling, uh, building up stars, not relying on, on, on all of your, your veteran legend type talent, not putting guys like Goldberg over. So it was like really happy when Bobby Lashley, uh, uh, won at SummerSlam. So, I mean, there, there are things like that long-term booking that WWE could do to bring the fans back, but there's not, there's not going to be any, any, any big thing. There's no Becky Lynch is already back. All right, we've seen what she's done with the ratings for SmackDown, boosted it up a couple hundred thousand, but there's only so much she can do. All right, we'll see what happens. Madison Square Garden on Friday with Brock Lesnar. They set up a really, really good show, so I'm glad they have that. What does WWE do on Raw? That's the question. Madison Square Garden is going to be a hell of a show Friday, following up already for what's going to be a hell of a show with AEW on Wednesday. I'm not looking forward to Raw because I don't know what WWE is going to try to do. To be completely they're honest, they're gonna they're gonna have to pull something out of their ass, Rick. They they really are. They're gonna. I bet you right now, as we're speaking, as soon as that pay per view was over, you know they have some of the officials on a conference call right now discussing what went down right now, so they can counteract the programming to bring on something good, so Monday Night Raw can get some buzz again. Because it's not getting, it hasn't been getting any buzz, and the only buzz that it gets, it's negative. You know, like carrying Cross's helmet. So with that, there are anything else. There, there are some good, <laughs> there are some good things that are going on on Raw right now. Uh, Damian Priest, uh, for one, there's there's some things. Oh to yeah, like. absolutely. absolutely. There's some things. To, there's some things to like about Monday Night Raw, but yeah, it it needs some buzz again, and that's the hope, right? That's mm -hmm. the hope is that AEW finally kicks WWE in the ass enough to where they're like, okay. Let's go out there and put on a good show and not necessarily worry so much about the, the bottom line. Now, my other question is, at what point does the cookie jar become full to the point you can't put the damn lid on it anymore? Because now you're bringing in all these guys. Because, I mean, you look at you just look at Wednesday's show. CM Punk is going to be there. I'm assuming Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan are going to be there. We got John Moxley versus Suzuki. I'm sure Dr. Britt Baker is going to be there. I mean, those are five, six, seven major stars. It's only a two-hour show. Oh, let's not forget the one match that we didn't get at All Out due to travel issues is going to be mm -hmm. happening. Be filmed in Cincinnati on Wednesday with Pac and Andrade. Those are two other guys that have now been completely lost in the shuffle as well. They keep bringing in all these people. They may not be done. Chris Jericho is still wrestling. Cody Rhodes will come back at some point. They're giving matches mm -hmm. to Paul White and Mark Henry and, and all these other guys. And not to mention, you still got an entire locker room full of 20-somethings who now can't even get off of elevation. So at what sounds point like something uh sounds like something WWE was going through <laughs> just over a year ago, right? Yes. It, it's a good problem to have, but man, when you start parking talent. It's the same kind of criticism that we gave to WWE. It's like you're bringing in all these people and you got guys who are sitting on the bench. I mean, 
at what point does it start to become a problem or is it already a problem, Jose? I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't know if it is going to become a problem or if it isn't a problem, but you have to believe that they are they're formulating some type of solution for it, right? You have to think about it, but that's not the case all the time. Regardless what they do, everything is coming up all elite wrestling right now. They are white hot. Yeah. They are absolutely on fire. Tonight was from top to bottom. Again, we could sit here and nitpick. I've done enough nitpicking tonight. My throat hurts. Uh, it is 1.17 in the morning for crying out loud, and we still have 181 people hanging on with us right now. I think that means this was a pretty damn good show, and people yeah. are pretty fired up about AEW. CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, all Big in the night. same company. Ruby Soho. Big Sweet night. Jesus. Sweet I mean, uh, Jesus. These comments are so great. Jay Feliciano. The tectonic plates of wrestling of the wrestling world have officially shifted. 10.5 earthquake. Rico, the platinum age of wrestling. I couldn't agree anymore. I couldn't agree anymore. This was uh, a landscape changing event that went down tonight. And I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that tonight was a wake up call for WWE. That they got to get their shit together. Um, SmackDown usually is consistently good. I'm not going to sit here and say everything WWE is bad. It's not. Their pay-per-views are always banging. Uh, SummerSlam was, was pretty damn good. I, I think All Out was better, uh, to be completely honest with you, because there were some down matches in SummerSlam. Not many, uh, not, not many misfires tonight at all from AEW. They absolutely brought it. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm hoping, uh, Jesus, DJ Eric with another super chat. AEW is now America's moist company. <laughs> you know what dj eric i appreciate you sending us another super chat and i appreciate you uh sticking with us throughout the uh the entirety of the show um but yeah man i'm hoping that this is ah get it off the screen uh i'm hoping that this is uh the wake-up call for wwe because competition just you know that's when wwe is at its best when 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 wcw had its foot on the throat of Vince McMahon and WWE. That is when they put on their best television ever. And I'm hoping that that is going to be the outcome here, that they finally kicks WWE in the ass and they go, okay, let's put on effing banger shows on every Monday and every Friday. And yes, even Tuesdays as well. And it's really going to get fun when people start going the other way. That's really going to get fun. That's when the war officially starts is when we get those first couple of AEW stars that jump ship over to WWE because you know there are going to be some young dudes in that locker room that are going to chase that bag, Jose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, could, I can honestly see WWE going after Darby Allin at some point in the future or even going after someone like MJF. And I can totally see MJF signing with WWE just to – make himself even more of a heel. Yeah. And, and here's the, uh, and here's one of the other things like that, that report came out that, that WWE isn't looking at, at independent people anymore. They're not looking at like independent wrestlers. They're looking mm -hmm. for this, you know, for different things. I was at, I was at, you know, the SummerSlam tryout and triple H said, look, we're, we're looking for all different kinds of people because it's a variety type thing. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to be interested in those indie guys after they go to AEW and make a name for themselves. So if they see somebody that can make money, a guy like Darby Allen, who pulls in a ton of merch for AEW and is making them a, a pretty penny, 
Hell yeah, they'll bring Darby Allen over, even if he's mm-hmm. a smaller guy. Hell yeah, they'll bring over MJF because I think MJF just fits the mold for WWE. I really mm-hmm. do. And they need, honestly, they need people who can get that kind of super level heat to help make their baby faces. Um, I don't know. Hell, I don't know anybody in, in in professional wrestling who gets the kind of heat that MJF does, uh, if I'm completely honest. So, I mean, I know that's that brings value over to, to WWE. So there are going to be people who jump. Uh, it's just a matter of when. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see uh, what happens. Jose, uh, any any closing uh, comments? Uh, where can people follow your stuff? What do you got going on? Uh, oh, man. We've been going 90 minutes so far, man. I know, man. Uh, it, it, well, again, it was a monumental night uh, in the biz for all of us who uh, talk about it and report about it and are in it. I think, uh, like I said, this is a seismic uh, changing event for, for the entire industry. And it's good. It's good for the industry because sometimes uh, you, you need a swift kick in the balls in order to realize what's <laughs> going on and wake up in order to uh, to better yourself. And I really hope WWE uh, does that and, and takes that note and improves their product. Uh, but again, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not team WWE. I'm not team AEW. I just I love wrestling. Uh, and I think this is just a win for us, the fans. This is a win not just for AEW. But a win for the fans. We got CM Punk. We got Adam Cole. We got Ruby Soho. We got all these names in this brand new promotion. And the promotion's only two years old, guys. Think about that. The amount of success that AEW has had in two years is unbelievable. And they are legit competition to WWE. So, again, this is a win for us, a win for AEW. uh, And let's enjoy it. Because who knows when we're going to get this again. We're in the middle of it right now. Yeah, this. God, would you compare it to Hogan, Hall, and Nash showing up in WCW? It's it's that type of seismic change. Yes, I, I would have to put it right up there with the outsiders showing up on WCW. It's It, it has that same type of uh, seismic shifting uh, feeling when it comes to the industry, when you're talking about it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not a direct comparison because we didn't get like NWO type, you know, situation, but yeah, with, with punk Cole and, and, and Brian Danielson all showing up within basically a three week period. Yeah. That, that feels, that feels absolutely huge. Uh, I cannot wait. Uh, I got tomorrow off. First off, everybody have a wonderful Labor Day. It's already Labor Day. I'm very happy I don't have to work uh, and I can I can sleep in uh, for sure. Rico saying I enjoy this pay-per-view because I, period, enjoy, period, wrestling. Hell yes. Uh, it is a great time to be a wrestling fan. I cannot wait for the fallout, the all-out. John Moxley, Cincinnati's favorite son, his homecoming. Wednesday, Dynamite, Cincinnati. I will be there. I'm working on some things with AEW right now. Uh, so please follow me on the Twitter machine at Rick Uccino, spelled out just like you see there. I'm going to have some cool stuff coming out this week uh, ahead of um, of AEW Dynamite. This is going to be my first time in an AEW show. Uh, oh, you're getting your AEW cherry popped, huh? Yeah, getting to be in that crowd, man. It's going to be awesome. Homecoming against Suzuki. We got to get Daniel Br- Brian Danielson, that's going to be hard to do. We got to get Brian Danielson there. I'm sure we're going to get Adam Cole, baby. Uh, Ruby Soho is going to be there. I'm hoping Britt Baker's there as well. Uh, this is going to be an incredible show on Wednesday, and I am really, really looking forward to it. Uh, Jose, 
My goodness, man. I, I think my adrenaline is finally where I haven't been that pumped up for a post show. And God knows how long I had people telling me in the comments, I needed to slow the F down. So uh, hopefully I uh, slowed down <laughs> to the point where, you know, I, I can't help it. I was excited. It was a good I damn think, night. I think, I think the amount of energy that we both brought was adequate for this show yes. because it was such a big show that we had to bring that big energy, that big, what was it? The BTE, the big trouser energy, like the rock. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Here in Cincinnati, we call that big, thick energy uh, for Luke Fickle and my UC Bearcats. So that's uh, I'll, I'll go with that. It's all Cincinnati this week, baby. Forget Kev Kellum in the city of Chicago for one Ooh. week. Finally, Cincinnati is the professional wrestling mecca. All eyes are on the Queen City this week. I cannot freaking wait. Got him. So We're going to have to get you on the show on Wednesday night on the debrief yeah. from, uh, from, from, uh, from the arena. Oh, hell yeah. I'm in. For sure. Right. I am in. I will be there. I'll come on top story. I'll do it all. Let's I'll do, do it. it all. Hopefully Let's I got to do it coming out for you. Guys, we appreciate everybody who, uh, who who hung on throughout the entire show. Everybody who commented. I tried to get as many of them in. Uh, we tried to talk about as much stuff as we possibly could. We had 10 matches. Absolutely stacked cards. So much stuff to talk about. And there's so much more to dive into that we didn't even get. We got top story every week uh, with Jose and Jeremy and Kevin. Uh, those come out. Uh, well, we're about five, six o'clock on Eastern standard time. Roughly. Yes. Yeah. 6 PM Eastern standard time, every single afternoon on the sports keto wrestling YouTube channel and Facebook page. Yep. And then we'll have the inside cradle uh, on coming up at uh, 8 PM uh, Eastern standard time on Thursday. Myself, myself and Kev Kellum uh, again, a, a lot to break down this week. Oh, don't forget. Monday Night Raw is actually tonight. Uh, if you think about it uh, already, we'll have uh, the Legion of Raw uh, with Chris and uh, and uh, Vince Russo after the show tonight. Uh, the debrief uh, with yourself and, and Rico Wednesday night after Dynamite. And then we'll be back for uh, Smack Talk at 11.05 on uh, Friday to, to break down uh, SmackDown and, and Rampage. There's so much going on in the world of professional wrestling right now. It is a great time to be a fan, and we appreciate everybody. Uh, there's a, so many want to talk about so much wrestling there's so much wrestling content out there so many wrestling sites we appreciate you guys uh coming here and, and 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 enjoying your night with us and choosing us as your your wrestling content there are so many sites out there i have respect for uh and, but I, I i think we we do a damn good job here uh at sports kid wrestling and i really really appreciate uh, everybody uh coming on and, and joining us so uh with that said it is uh closing in on 1 30 in the morning uh, if you're out on the West Coast, I, uh, I'm i jealous of you right now. I'm already losing in on two hours of my sleep. So I think it is time, Jose. We say bye-bye. And since Kev Kellum is not here, Jose, tell the fine folks what they need to do. Guys, as always, when you're watching wrestling, you gots to enjoy wrestling. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good night or a good Peace. morning.